Hi. Well, after all the controversy um, that my last video uh, caused, I thought today I'd actually look at the rest of episode two of Becoming Elizabeth. I just want to give a trigger alert. There's going to be uh, just a couple of mentions of abuse and grooming in today's video. After my rant, and it was rather a rant, um, the other day about the Thomas Seymour and Elizabeth storyline in, well, episodes one and two of Becoming Elizabeth, I promised that I would do another video this week about the other storylines of episode two. So here you go. Firstly, though, I'd like to thank Tom Cullen, who plays Thomas Seymour, for his comments on my last video, which you can read. I've pinned them um, in the comments on my last video, my the very first video on episode two. Tom wanted to explain where the show was going with Seymour and Elizabeth and wanted to correct my view that the show was romanticising their relationship or downplaying what happened. Um, I'll give you a link to my blog post which uh, features Tom's comments so that you can read them kind of easily. But he talks about how it's, and I quote, a storyline about power, grooming and abuse. And he explains, this is abuse through the gaze of the abused. It is easy and righteous for us from the outside to be appalled. But for Elizabeth, she's in the thick of it and she cannot see it. She confuses his attention as love and care, but it is anything but that. It is volatile and violent. He goes on to say, Personally, I think this is a version of abuse that will resonate and hopefully help people who've been abused be seen. Elizabeth is a victim, and in no way is her relationship with Thomas consensual, even if she were to utter the words, yes, Thomas is an adult, Elizabeth is not. Anya Rice, the writer, also reached out to me on Twitter of my complaint about the whole Cockrell scenario, which I thought sort of made light of what happened. Anya said, I can see how the morning visits being shown as a public joke in the house rather than a private intrusion could seem like us excusing them. I just think abusers often hide their intents openly and behind humour, keeping their victims unsure of what is real and what isn't. And Seymour insisted it was innocent fun and Catherine seemed to have joined him at least once. It didn't feel like too much of a stretch for him to have played his actions out publicly like that. Anya then generously added, but that being said, whatever our intentions making it were, it's now out there for everyone and is for viewers to make what they want of it. Please review and react openly and honestly, however you like, and don't worry about me or Tom or anyone trying to correct you. I'm really impressed that an actor from the series and the writer opened up this dialogue with me. It's such an important topic. And after talking to Tom and Anya, who, by the way, hates Thomas Seymour and doesn't like anyone trying to defend what he did, I'm willing to give the show the benefit of the doubt. So let's wait and see where episode three takes us with that storyline. 
Moving on to other storylines featured in episode two, I thoroughly enjoyed the scenes featuring Edward VI and Princess Mary. Mary and Edward loved each other, but their relationship became very strained after Edward came to the throne and his government started religious reform. Edward viewed the Pope as the Antichrist and even wrote a treatise against him. And that would have obviously have horrified his elder sister, just as the entertainment mocking the Pope did in the episode. He was attacking her faith, all that she held precious. And things got worse when Mary defied her brother by continuing to celebrate the Mass. As Edward points out in this episode, he can't be seen to be ignoring his sister's disobedience. In real life, in August 1551, Edward sent Lord Chancellor Richard Rich, Sir Anthony Wingfield and Sir William Peter to visit Mary and to order her and her household to desist from celebrating the Mass. Mary refused. And she'd already caused a stir a few months earlier by riding through London with an entourage all carrying rosaries. She was a tough cookie. But then so was Edward. They were never going to agree. I thought Becoming Elizabeth did a great job at showing how their differing views on religion strained their relationship and also just how cold and unrelenting Edward could be. While I could have done without the sex on the table scene, it was good to see the issue of Catherine Parr's status being addressed in the show. Catherine had been shocked not to have been appointed regent and then had expected to be important as the Dowager Queen, but she was excluded from having any say in the governing of the realm or in having any influence on her nine-year-old stepson, the King. Her new brother-in-law, Edward Seymour, Lord Protector Somerset, was in charge now. And he and his wife, Anne, took precedence over Catherine and her husband, Thomas Seymour. The two couples had strange relationships, and it's true that there was an argument over Catherine's jewels. Catherine had kept her collection of jewels in the Tower of London for safekeeping, and although some of them had been given to her by the King, there were many pieces that Catherine had inherited from her mother, and there was also her wedding ring from her marriage to the King. When Catherine sought to take possession of her jewels after her marriage to Seymour, Lord Protector Somerset informed her that she had no claim to them and that they were the property of the Crown. Catherine never did get her jewels. Moving on to Lady Jane Grey. I was asked last week if Jane really did live with Elizabeth at this time. Yes, it's true. Jane was Thomas Seymour's ward at the time and lived in his household with Catherine Parr and Elizabeth and the girls would have been educated together. And they had the highly intelligent and well-educated Catherine Parr supervising their education. It's a shame that we're not seeing that side of Catherine at the moment. This woman was a published author, a scholar and patron, but we're just not seeing that, I feel. And what about Elizabeth and Robert Dudley? Well, I did enjoy seeing the interactions between those two. The historical Robert said of Elizabeth, I have known her from her eighth year better than any man upon earth. So they were obviously childhood friends. However, the hunting the stag scene is fictional, as far as I can tell. 
While I still have issues with the Elizabeth and Seymour storyline, there is much to like about this series and it's clearly been well researched. I'm looking forward to seeing more defiance from Mary, more anger from Edward and further arguments between the Seymour brothers. And I expect things will come to a head with Elizabeth and Seymour next week. I'll definitely be watching. Now, of course, I'd love to hear your comments. I got so many the other day, both on YouTube and then on social media, Facebook and Twitter. And I really, really enjoy opening up a dialogue about all of these issues and about the series as well. So please do comment and share your views on, uh, on this series and whether you're enjoying it or not. I think it's going to be interesting to see how these characters and storylines develop over the next few episodes. Take care, see you soon.